0: listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW
1: and iHeartRadio Station. Little Lumineers. Hipster. Bringing our own hipster, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hey, Rob. Doing fine, Thanks. Something tells me you 're not exactly a hipster.
2: <laughs> I had to laugh when I heard that, but uh, not not quite, so and I think my uh, kids would uh, would agree with you
1: <laughs> that's that 's fair that 's fair um, with
2: that said,
1: you are a market analyst. Um, analyzing this market can be painfully frustrating because I think conventional wisdom always tells you that there 's a wall of worry that we have to climb. Uh, what do you see in the current markets that you like and what you don't like? Um,
2: well, we touched a little bit on it last week. Uh, what I didn't like was the uh, heightened level of complacency, uh, the seeming sense that uh, nothing bad can can develop or go against what the market's conventional wisdom is. And of course, we you know we saw that uh, come to fruition after the FOMC decision, which was a, a total surprise. And you know, even though the market uh, ran up sharply in the wake of that decision, it has since rolled over after it. Um, but in general, though, taking a step back, I think what I'm seeing right now is really sort of just a element of confusion uh, in the marketplace. Um, you know, I think. Uh, Participants are aware that the market had a tremendous run through through most of September. Uh, it was up about 6% at its peak for the month and certainly due for a setback of some sort. But I do think that the uh, FOMC decision kind of upset the apple cart a bit, and uh, now everyone's sort of just kind of trying to figure out what the heck to do next.
1: <laughs> that FOMC meeting was basically do nothing. Instantly, everyone comes out and say, why didn't you taper Does this mean Yellen's coming in with a clean slate? Does she get a chance to, you know, throw her, you know, let's start tapering now decision out there? What did you make of that Fed decision on, on the delay? Because it certainly seems it was priced in the market that something was going to happen.
2: Right. Well, you know, the one thing that, uh, the the one clear takeaway is that uh, the Federal Reserve is indeed data dependent, um, you know, and, uh, the other clear takeaway, and from our vantage point, anyway, is that um, while they are data dependent, they are still rather deficient in terms of how they communicate <laughs> their message. Um, you know. I, for one, am in the camp that suggests that uh, the the Fed did not do a very good job of that and, in fact, did set the market up for something that ultimately did not occur. And that's a a dangerous game to play because – uh, the one thing you need to have full faith in certainly is the fed 's credibility and we would side with uh, dallas fed president fisher 's view, uh, which he uh, espoused yesterday in a speech that uh, his view was that they should have announced the tapering decision in September, and by not doing so, they risked uh, diminishing their credibility and uh, and That could be something that 's really uh, bothersome here um, you know in coming weeks as we continue to you know, debate the timing of when a taper might occur and and the data points that could potentially point to a tapering decision.
1: You and I know the Fed is an important part of Wall Street, important part of the economy, keeping things moving. But some of our relatives might not even know that the Fed exists or that it's such a powerful position it's not elected. What's the role of the Fed in the everyday machinations of Wall Street, in your view, and why should we care?
2: Well, you know, Wall Street is uh, you know tied to um, to interest rates. Really, I mean, that's the um, you know it's going to react to where interest rates are, are moving. It's going to price that into. Uh, assets of all kind and when the federal reserve is uh... essentially uh... endorsing a, a quote you know easy money policy where it's re you know where it's lowered interest rates and in this exceptional circumstance for the last several years where it's actually you know buying government securities um, you know it, it becomes somewhat of a uh... viewed as a, a free lunch for wall street really um... because it's a lot of liquidity that then gets flushed around, and uh, Wall Street um, uh, professionals know or have lived by the adage that you simply don't fight the Fed. Um, and so uh, there, it engenders this risk-on mentality that as long as the Fed has our back, you know, we don't need to worry about bad things happening. And that can work for an extended period of time, but as history has shown, it ultimately comes back uh, to bite a lot of people where it hurts, um, you know, in the end. And um, that's, you know, one of the concerns we are now seeing here is that we think that, you know, the the strong reaction we saw to the no taper where the, the stock market simply just turned on a dime and went higher uh, was a true reflection that it's really uh, – Basically addicted to monetary policy, um, it saw the headline and it just, you know, moved uh, without thinking through things. I think uh, as clearly as possible, and that's why, with some time having passed since that decision, I think you know participants are starting to realize that things are getting a little out of hand there in terms of the Pavlovian response, if you will, to the Fed. You know, staying the course with its monetary policy. And they think that the message from the Fed really is that, you know what, the economy is not as good as everyone was pricing in during that September rally. Therefore, earnings prospects probably aren't as good as most people thought either. And, um, and we think that that's playing a part here in this, uh, in this recent pullback and continue to be, could continue to be a bit of a headwind here, uh, over the next few months.
1: We seem to have some headwinds out there with um, our government budget crisis, budget negotiations, budget ceiling. Um, are you expecting a pullback, or you don't play the crystal ball short-term game?
2: Well, you know, I, I as you noted before, you know, I write a, a daily column for Briefing. com. Mm-hmm. It's called Page One, so I do have to. Uh, be in touch with what's happening, you know, in the short term here. Um, briefing.com does uh, have a, a large constituency that is in the trading community. So, right. so we do pay attention, obviously, to uh, the day-to-day movements in the market uh, while balancing that with the um, long-term investment uh, outlook. But uh, having said that, um, you know, the budget showdown is, you know, yet another reminder of how um, – you know how maddening the legislative um, plank has become here Uh, and you know it looks like we're going to go right up to that deadline again if we even get an agreement Um, and it just really you know in my mind I think it it diminishes um, you know uh, the legitimacy of our of our government when our you know congressional leaders are constantly infighting pointing fingers um, and really making it difficult to get things done uh, to make the economy move forward and it is a, it is a headwind here because businesses don 't know if they 're going to ultimately get to that point where they don 't get the agreement, and then that leads into another issue where they don 't get the debt ceiling raised in time and uh, and you just kind of have to sit there and you, you shake your head and uh, but it 's not the best in, you know backdrop here um, from a legislative standpoint in terms of uh, planning for uh, for businesses and so it is indeed an economic headwind, and the Fed addressed that. By uh, by not tapering last week.
1: What else are you working on, Patrick? That we should be paying attention to as far as being a market analyst. What's what's the data or what's the the stories that you're you're finding intriguing?
2: Right. One of the storylines, anyway, that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on here is, is, you know, as I mentioned, that we think that, you know, the Fed, by not tapering, you know, again, through cold water on that idea that the economy is is accelerating here into the second half of the year. You know, remember that was one of the ideas on which the, you know, the latest stock market rally has been predicated, that you'd see a real pickup in growth in the second half of the year and um, you know and we were never necessarily on board with that idea uh, we thought the data was still too uneven and the labor market recovery still too slow um and business investment still too weak to really um uh, make that come to uh, to fruition here but so what i'm going to be watching really is how these cyclical sectors continue to act how the commodities continue to act because uh if we're in a new market if phase of where there's a new market outlook where there's indeed you know, uh, real concern that the economy is not going to live up to expectations, you should see those cyclical sectors which were performing strongly uh, start to underperform, you know, as some of that froth is taking out of the uh, economic argument uh, and then also, since we're nearing quarter end here, uh, we're going to start entering that period, the the so-called earnings warning period between now and probably the mid, middle part of October here, and be watching to see if uh, you know if we see uh, a good bit of downward guidance from from companies. We know coming out of the second quarter, about 82% of the companies that actually offer guidance for the third quarter lower their earnings guidance. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see if we uh, see companies take yet another leg down in terms of their outlook, Uh, and that would be another uh, headwind for the market here because it certainly needs stronger earnings growth uh, to keep this multiple expansion story going.
1: Fun time of the year as we start going towards the holidays and wrapping up Wall Street. Uh, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, thanks for being with us. You can find him online, Briefing.com. He writes page one, which it summarizes beautifully what you need to know in the mornings from world markets and international news. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international markets. Find them online at briefing.com. Again, you'll never hear me talk to someone that I don't totally believe in on this air. Um, Top-notch. Top-notch information comes out of briefing.com. Shutdown impact on Main Street. Earnings season?